glad to have you with us tonight. It'll take you maybe a moment, maybe not. Find the book of Amos. Find the book of Amos, please. It's right after the book of Luke. No, it's not. I'm kidding. That's, I just laughed. I said, Amos. Well, I'm hoping I can find it. Let's see. There's Amos. There he is. Amos. See if this will help you. Right after Joel. Let's see if it will help you the other way. Hey, you know where Jonah is? Find Jonah and go back two or three pages. You should bump right into Amos. He won't care. Bump right into him. Okay? Amos chapter number three, starting in verse number one. Amos chapter 3 and verse number 1. Are you there? You make sure that you turn your cell phones off. I'd appreciate that. Amos chapter number 3, starting in verse number 1. I'll read out loud. You read silently along with me, but we'll read this together. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion... Is the right place? Yes, okay. Uh, will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a lion cry out of his den if he hath taken... All the answers to this is no, okay? Can a bird... Uh, fall into a snare that's a trap upon the earth where no gin, where there is no trap for him? No. Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing? No, he would not do that. Shall a trumpet blow in the city and the people not be afraid? No, they will. That's what it was for. Uh, shall there be evil in the city and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken, who can but prophesy? Publish in the palaces at Ashdod, in the palaces in the land of Egypt, and say, assemble yourselves upon the mountains of Samaria, and behold the great tumults in the midst thereof, and the oppressed in the midst thereof. For they know not to do right, saith the Lord who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. Our key verse for tonight, or our text verse, be verse number 10. For they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. Father, help me please. This this very important, but I think it's very simple truth. I hope it will help your people to, to come to an understanding of you in, in this subject. Help me to help them. Thank you for all you've done today, for the visitors that were here, for the great atmosphere in our church, for all the people that were here, safely getting everybody here and back home and back again. Thank you, dear Lord. I pray for those who are supposed to be here or those that are sick and cannot be here, those that are watching. I hope that it will be a blessing to them and help strengthen them in their belief also. Thank you for this night. Thank you for all the children that were here, Lord. How it thrills our hearts to know there's another generation heading this way, and we must not fail. So help us, please, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. May be seated. Thank you. The, Bi the Bible, let me, let, me, let me do this, okay? Am I on? I'm already on? I didn't turn it. Am I on? You sure? 
Verse number 10, for they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. What I want to key in on is that first phrase right there, for they know not to do right, saith the Lord. If a person wants to do right, they must first start with knowing who is right and what is right. We have people going around, well, I think this is right. Well, how are you supposed to know what is right? Where do you go to find out what's right? Let me explain again. To do right, you must first know who is right and what is right. Example, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1, it says, Children, obey your parents. Guess why? For this is right. This is right. And so why is it right? You say, well, the Bible says. Okay, but why is it right? Ready? Because of who said it? God said it. God said it, and that's why I know it's right. Years ago, before most of you were born, there was a bumper sticker sticker that used to say this, uh, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, whether you believe it or not, it settles it because God said it. You follow me? Now, I'm not trying to be fancy about anything. I'm trying to help you understand something here. So, Amos chapter 3, verse number 10, for they know not what is right. Why? How could they not? These are God's people. How could they not know what is right? Because they know not who is right. They do not know what is right. Thus, they cannot do right. Now, this just sounds like a play on words back and forth, but it's not. Listen to me very carefully here. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 23. 1 Samuel chapter 12, going about four places real quick here. 1 Samuel chapter number 12. 1 Samuel chapter number 12. Look at verse number 23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against, uh, against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. The good and the right way. See the right way there? Do you see that? Go to Psalm chapter 107. Psalm chapter 107. And look at verse number 7. Psalm 107 and verse number 7. Here again, verse number 7, we see this. And he led them forth by the right way. Now you have to understand who's doing this. It's God. Okay? Go to Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse number 11. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 11. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. See right paths? The Lord did this. Go to Proverbs chapter 23, Proverbs chapter number 23, and I want you to look at verse number 16, 23, verse number 16. Yea, my reins shall rejoice when thy lips speak right thing. Now, this is talking about a father, or actually Solomon with his boys, or God with us, telling us when you begin to say the right things and react the right way, I can ease up on my tension on you from having to make you do things and guide you all the time if you listen to the right things. We must find out if we want to do what's right. If you want to do what's right, you have to find out, we have to find out who is right and what is right. You cannot do right if you do not know who's right and what is right. Before God Almighty, I believe I want to do what's right. I really do. Before God Almighty, I believe most of you in this room really do want to do what is right. Listen carefully. I believe most who do not do right really want to do what's right. Now follow my thinking. I'm trying to draw you in right now. My parents and yours 
wanted you to do what's right. My teachers that I've had growing up in the public school, listen carefully, in the public school, wanted us to do what's right. My preachers that I've had in the past, they have wanted me to do what is right. My real friends wanted me to do what was right. Most of you want to do what is right. You ready for this? Satan wants you to do what is right. You said, preach that kid. No, no. I think you, you must have wrote down something wrong here. You're telling me Satan wants me to do what's right? Absolutely. Satan wants you to do right. Satan wants me to do what's right. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Now that I have your attention, listen carefully. The problem is this. The problem is the same problem the children of Israel had in Amos chapter 3, verse number 10. They do not know to do right because they do not know who is right. I'm going to try to develop a thought here and reveal something to you on why we can't seem to figure out who we're supposed to be following and who says what is right and what's not right. Listen carefully. It is not that any given person does not know what is right. It's just that it differs from person to person. Every time you turn around, somebody else has something else to say, and they're right, 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 and everybody seems to be right when they make statements. So the real problem we have is, who is right? So that I'll know what's right, so that I can do what's right. If we could just know who is right, then we could figure out what is right, and then we should be able to, because we want to do right, be able to do what is right. Because as for me, I honestly want to do what's right. I honestly believe you want to do what's right. And those of you that have messed up, I believe you want to do what's right. I believe before you messed up, you wanted to do what's right. So I want us to look and try to find out who is right. I want us to find out what is right because I believe all of us really want to do what is right. First of all, who decides what is right? Well, we have a lot of options. Number one, I can decide for myself what I believe is right. I can decide for myself. The problem with this is exactly what Satan would want you to do. Satan wants me to do right, but he wants me to do right the way I see it. Follow my thinking. Just think. Now, this isn't one of those messages you go, I think I got it. No, you're going to have to think. In the Garden of Eden, for example, Satan advised Eve to do right the way she thought it was right. Let me explain something to you here a little bit. Basically, he was saying, Eve, if you eat of that tree, you will be as God's knowing right from wrong, good from evil, is what he said, the knowledge there. In effect, he told her, do what you think is right. God gave you a brain, didn't he? I hear this today. I mean, you're, you're not ignorant. You have intelligence. I can hear the devil talking to her this way. You know what you believe to do and what is right. Why don't you just do that? See, this is the problem. So Satan wasn't saying, why don't you get drunk, shoot up some drugs, run out of here, call God's name. He doesn't like you. He didn't do that. He come to her basically in a way of saying, you know what's right. He didn't accuse God. He basically told her, you got a brain. You, you know how to think. You're not a child. You, you know what's right and wrong. And this is the problem that Israel had. Listen, Satan does not care which way I go. He has no plans for my life or for your life. This is what people don't understand. The devil has no plans for you. His plan, if there is one, is for you to do what you want, what you think is right. 
our natural rebellion takes us against God because God says, yes, no, uh-uh, okay, do this. I don't like that. Our natural rebellion says we don't like people telling us what to do. This is why children rebel against their parents. This is why you sit there and judge going, I don't know if I go along with that. This is what we do all the time. The devil, knowing that we have a natural rebellion born in us because of Adam and Eve, he knows if he comes up and basically forces us in a situation, we're going to rebel against that. This is why a lot of people, how come there's so many do's and don'ts in the Bible? Why do I have to and I can't, right? You understand, this is God talking. We don't say that about the devil. Do you know why? He has no real plans for us. He tells us all the time, look, I'm telling you what to do. I think you're an adult. I think you have a right to do what you want. I mean, come on, you're smart. You've been around. You went to school. You know what's going on. This is what he does all the time. So I have to find out who is right so I can do what is right. So I know what is right so I can do what's right. Satan was God's right-hand angel, if you will, right before the throne. I mean, he had it all when he was in heaven, and he knew God. He tried to overthrow God. You know the story. And God said, you're out of here, right? He no longer abides there. He can still go there and visit there, if you would, to accuse the brethren. Satan cannot touch God, cannot touch God at all. So he attacks the thing nearest to God other than Christ. Not talking about Christ. And that would be man. We were born in his image. We were cre- I'm sorry, we were created in his image. So what happens here? He tries somehow to get to God. And he does this by encouraging us not to not listen to God, but to get us to make independent decisions without God. Well, here's what I think. Here's what I was taught. Here's what I've always believed. I don't know. I just think that's right. I don't know. I just don't think that's right. And this is the way the devil gets us going. So he simply plays upon our depraved nature and upon our pride. I know what's right. You had to treat me like a kid. I know what's going on. Well, first of all, when I quote Bible, this is not this kid telling you. This would be God telling you. So he tells us, I want you to do what's right. But, but you know, I think you ought to decide that. I think you ought to decide what's right and wrong. So the devil knows our rebellion. So he plays upon our pride. He plays upon our intellect that we think we have, and he simply kind of goes in between the lines and says, you know something, I'm not going to tell you what to do. He does, but I'm not going to. I think you ought to do, what do you think is right? What do you think is right? Anyone who encourages you to follow what you believe is right is of the devil and no good to be listening to at all. Is the de- is of the devil, and at the very least, at the very least, knows nothing about the Word of God. Amen. Colleges today, colleges today, there are no absolute rights. There are none. Basically, when they come down, even when they listen to people talk back and forth, what they're saying is, "Well, that sounds right. That's probably right for you." That's what you decided. That's what you thought of. And this is what they did. Do what you believe. Pastors today with their own people, do what, what they tell people is, what do the people believe is right? I think that's what we ought to do. What the people think is right. You may not be aware of this, but there are churches that got started by handing out flyers all over the community saying, what would you like to see in a church? And they built their church based upon what they think is right. That's the tail wagging the dog. That's the cart before the horse. To be honest with you, it's just flat wrong. Churches today serve the community. 
I think this is right. I think that'll work. Just do according to what they believe is, is a right church in today's society. We'll do that. That's what I believe. So now we have a problem here. Boy, that sounds good. Well, why is that wrong? Well, I don't know why that has to be that way. I kind of think that way myself. So now we're back to our original question. How can I do right if I don't know who is right and I don't know what is right? I have to know who is right so I'll know what is right so I can do what's right. Right? Okay, listen to me very carefully. So what goes on here is the right way to build people and conduct ourselves as Christians is not to decide by us what we believe is right. We tend to do that even sitting in church service sometimes. While I'm quoting the Bible and teaching stories of the Bible and going on, in your mind sometimes, if you're not careful, you're going, I don't know about that. I think. Now, you think that's very intelligent, and I'm not asking you to be robots. The devil will jump from one thing to another. You're not robots, but you're not God. Ready? You're not a robot. Look at me. You're not God. We are sinful human beings, even those of us that are saved and trying to live right, we still have that nature. And the devil still comes to us and saying, I don't want to tell you what to do. Now, you've been to college. You've been to ninth grade. You know how to read. I think you want to do what's right, so what do you think's right? I would do that if I... This is the way Satan comes to us many times. So what happens here is simply this. He doesn't want you to listen to the Lord, but neither does he want you to believe what he has to say because he knows as soon as he starts pushing that, we're going to rebel against that. So what he says is don't go to God, he said, because he'll tell you exactly what you should and shouldn't do. That's just the way the guy is. That's why people don't read their Bible. Or when they read, they go, you know, I don't know if I go along with that. However, he may tell you something like this. You can make up your own mind. You've been around. You, you know right from wrong. Uh, by, the way, by the way, don't go to Pastor Bell because you know what he's going to tell you. He's not going to give you his. I, married couples will come to me sometimes go, look, I know she's the wife and I'm the husband and we'll probably side with him. No, I won't. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says because I don't have a right to tell you what I believe is right and wrong. I only have a right to tell you what God... You're not my children. You're God's children. And I only have a right to tell you what God said. So now after we're done, you have to take that up with God on what you're going to do with that. He just is going to tell you what God has to say, what's right and wrong, as though you are some kind of a child that you really can't think for yourself. You really don't know what is right. Think, think, think. You're your own man. Stand on your own two feet. They push you around like that, tell you what you have to do and don't have to do. The devil has no plan. But for you to do right, as you see it. Maybe you're not convinced of this. Go to Judges chapter number 17. You say, that oh, sounds good, preacher. Where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked that. Since we're talking about the Bible, go to Judges right after Joshua, I think. Probably pretty close there. Judges chapter number 17. If you're familiar with your Bible, and by the way, I need to quit saying that because not everybody is anymore. We have a lot of young Christians and a lot of people who just haven't got to some of these things yet. So let me help you understand something. When you're reading the book of Judges, what was happening was they didn't have a king. And so um, they had, God gave them judges. 
judges were uh, they, they were the law, they were the uh, judge and jury, and what they said went, and they're the ones that set up the protection for the nation, and God gave them a judge, and he's the one that, that told them everything God said, and they had to answer to him. So it's kind of like a done deal. Now, what happened was, in those days, the Bible said there was no king. Watch what it says. Go to Judges chapter 17, verse number 6. And in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was, yeah, go ahead and read it. In what? His own eyes. His own eyes. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Now, wait a minute. This can't possibly be right. It didn't say they were doing wrong. It said they are doing right. Based on what? In their own eyes. Well, I just, I just think this, I don't see anything wrong with it. I just think this is the right thing to do. This cannot possibly be right. There is no basis or foundation to build on when everybody's doing what they think is right. There's no way you could build a society or a church that way. So why is this wrong? You can write this down in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 12 and also Proverbs 16 verse 25. It says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You say, well, how am I supposed to know if it's the ways of death or not? Who's right? we got to know who is right so we'll know what is right so that we can do what's right. And if you honestly want to do what's right, we've got to figure out where does absolute right come from so I'll know what is right so that I can do right. So how did it turn out for these folks in Judges? If you read the book of Judges, they just keep going in circles, going in circles, going in circles. They never seem to get out of this, this bad habit they get into like a lot of Christians today, right? We get saved, we serve God, God starts giving us stuff, we start to get comfortable, we start to backslide, then we get chastised, we start losing things, we cry out to God, God steps in, blesses our life, we start serving God, and we just keep doing this. And in the book of Judges, they did that. The Bible said there was no king. Look at me, a king is a leader. I don't think there ought to be a king. God didn't ask you. Uh, I don't think you ought to be a president run the nation. God didn't ask you again. I don't think we need preachers. God didn't ask you again. I don't think we need moms and dads. God didn't ask you. So we had to figure out that's your opinion. You believe that is right. What does God, who is right? What is right? So I'll know what to do about right. So we find out here that this nation, they suffered tremendously, by the way. By the way, they were doing what was right. Every man. Every man was doing what, was right, what they thought was right. It didn't turn out good at all. Well, I think we're adults. I mean, come on, we've been on the way a while. We know what's right and wrong. Then why did God give you a preacher? Why does God give you, you, you kids here, moms and dads? Why did he do that? Why do we have to have policemen? We all know what's right. How's that working for you? Now, so the only thing Satan is doing is playing against your ego and your pride. some stuff. Yeah. I've read my Bible through once. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know the Bible. Yeah. And off we go. And the devil's playing you. He's playing against your own selfishness, your fleshly desires, and then he laughs behind your back telling you, don't go to God. Don't pick up the book. Don't start agreeing with God. You already know what is right. Just simply do that and things will go along okay for you. You know what you ought to do. You're not a child. See, that bothers. That that strikes at our pride. Yeah, I'm, I'm 21. I'm not a child. I'm 71 and I still feel like a child. 
that in a good way. Anyways, whatever. You know what's right. Go to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 6. The Bible makes another statement. I'm trying to build a case here for my question. Who is right and what is right? <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse number 6, when Jesus died for the world, here's what he said. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to, guess what? His own way. Not Satan's way. Not God's way. His own way. What he thinks is right. The path he thinks is right. The Bible said, oh, we, oh, we all have done this. And so, to the right way. Satan could care less if you do not follow him as long as you do not follow God. Satan has never forced you to serve him. He just don't want you serving the Lord. So he plays against your susceptibility. By the way, that's what flattery is. High school students know about this. Flattery is playing upon the susceptibility of the simple against them. I tell you good things so I can use you. I tell you what, you are really, man, you, you've really lost weight, haven't you? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I have. Can I borrow some money? Sure. How much do you need? You know, it's, it's, flattery is not a good thing in the Bible. Not one time where flattery is mentioned in the Bible is it a good thing. It's playing upon the susceptibility of other people, not for their advantage, but for your own advantage. Go to the book of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, here's what we have here. We know this story. Um, here's a couple that did what was right in their own eyes. They did what was right in their own. Now, some of you, are, you're still holding your ground like, yeah, but sometimes I think I am right. Okay, so in order to do right, which I think everybody wants to, or you wouldn't even say, I think I know what's right. You wouldn't, want, you wouldn't care. But if we had to first establish who is right, what is right, so we can honestly do what we say we want to, do what is right. So here we have in this land, God gave them a, a land, and actually it's referred to as the land of bread. And so they were all there, and God said, now you stay right here. Now there's a land not far from here uh, full of the Moabites, and I do not want you to go there. I do not want you to go there. God already made it plain to them. Elimelech and Naomi do not go. They told all of his people. But this man decided, he and his wife, I don't know how much say so she had in this. Elimelech, if you would, he got laid off. Things got a little tight. No jobs to be found. Make a long story short. They got together and thought, what can we do about this? What are we going to do about this? So they decided it was right under circumstance, under certain circumstances to kind of, I don't know, not really go against God, but we're going to go down there, but okay, stop, stop. We're not staying, okay? We're going down for a job, pay off some bills, come right back. This was right in their eyes. So they went down there and just to, to make things right a little bit, God had already told them, God had, God had already told them, I don't want my people down there. Not a good place for you. So in their reasoning, trying to live between the lines of God's right, they said, I know what we'll do. We'll just tell, we're not staying long. We're going to go down there, get a job, help our family. We'll be right back. Ready? Ten years later. And the Bible calls it sojourn, which means a short period of time. Ten years a short period of time? Ten years a long time. They did not set out to stay, nor did they go down there to do wrong. They went down there to do right in their own eyes. Help my family, get established, 
pay off some bills. I, I don't know really. I just know there was a famine where they were at. Well, preacher, do you really believe they went down there to do wrong? No, I think they went down there to do right. They didn't go down there to sin. They didn't go down there to fuss against God. They went down there because they thought it was a right thing to do. And please understand, God allowed their people to be in a place called the place of bread. They went down to Moab because they, they thought it was a right thing to do at the time. Because, well, watch, because I mean, look at the circumstances. Man, I find it amazing that when they finally came back, all the people who stayed were doing okay. It was harvest time, wheat harvest, barley harvest. I mean, they were bringing in the sheaves. They were doing everything, man. They were having a great time. And here come these people back. By watch, listen to me. They were just over here for a short period of time because of the circumstances. We just think this is the right, preacher, we just think this is the right thing to do right for us right now. What happened? Continued, what was the outcome? Now, wait, remember, they didn't go down there to sin. They didn't go down there to go against God. They went down because of circumstances. They got together and decided, I don't see anything wrong with this. I mean, come on, look at our famine. They have needs. By the way, we don't read where anybody there starved and died and everybody's falling over dead. They made a decision. They jumped the curb and went in another direction. So what happened? In 10 years, here's what happened. Her husband died. I don't know exactly when in those 10 years, but her husband died. Shortly after that, or sometime before that, her two boys married two heathen girls from another country. It's in the story. I'm not making this up. After that, both of those boys died. Now he was, she was left with two daughters-in-law that were not Jewish at all. So she says, I'm going to release you. You stay here with your people, and you go serve their gods. i got to get out of here. i got to go back home because I don't have a husband. I no longer have boys in the family to take care of me. So Naomi is stuck with two heathen daughters-in-laws. Naomi's a lot older, by 10 years at least. She's gotten very bitter. Now, hold on. They didn't go there to be bitter. They didn't go there for this to happen. And here's what you're thinking. Preacher, they, they didn't know this was going to happen. Going down there, how were they supposed to know he was going to die? And the boys were going to marry heathen girls, and then they were going to die, and you're left this way. How were they supposed to know this ahead of time? God told them long before they even thought about this, don't go to Moab. Moab's not good. For so this whole thing about how did you know it was going to turn out, you don't need to worry about the turnout if you just told follow God and what he said to do. So she had changed so much. She went back home. She's walking through town, heading back to the, to the land that her husband owned, Elimelech. And people said, that's the lady who used to live here, right? Naomi? Isn't that, isn't that her name? And she heard that. You know what she said? Don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. By the way, that term came from when the Israelites coming out of Egypt they ran into some water, it was very bitter, and God made it sweet, and it was called Mara. And so this is where it comes from. So she said, that's like me. That, that's the way I was. I was sweet when I left here. When I was going through what God wanted me to go through, when I was facing what God wanted me to face, I was still walking with the Lord because he said it was right, and so it had to be right. I was doing that, and no matter what we had to suffer through, we were going to be okay. But we decided we have an idea of what we think is right. So we're going to go down to Moab. Ten years later, she comes back without a husband, without two boys. One of her daughter-in-laws went back to their old life. The other one went along with her, and when she showed up in town, they said, that, that can't be happening. There's, there's no way that can be happening. 
Boy, when she left here, what a beauty she was. Oh, what a pleasant woman she was. Now look at her. That's what the world does to you. You say, but pastor, they didn't know this was this, how it was going to turn out. It seemed to them as though it was a right thing to do at the time. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. So instead of guessing about the turnout, how about just walking with God today? The man who walks with God always arrives at his destination. We want to do other than what God said, and then we blame, I didn't know it was going to turn out this way. You don't need to worry about that. Just walk with God's what you're supposed to be doing. That's why when folks come arguing and defending what they're getting ready to do, what they're getting ready to do without the right word of God in their life, just a, oh, well, we believe it's right, and that's what we're going to do. You say, preacher, what do you do? I go, I understand. I say, okay. You say, well, preacher must agree. No, I just said I understand. You've been dumb about other things. Now, the fact of the matter is, you listen carefully. I'm not waiting for this. It may take 10 years. But there are people in this church even now who was here when they were younger and left and did what they thought was right for them. And when they come back, you're thinking, side of town, there's a guy in, when I was in fifth grade, I knew a guy in Texas, didn't live too far from here, actually he's been here twice, and um, he came to our church, and uh, I was assistant pastor, and, and Dr. Lee Robinson came that night, and, and we had a big crowd, the place was jam-packed, and I'm walking by, and I'm meeting people, I feel somebody pulling my coat, I turned around, and he said, how are you doing? I said, fine, glad to have you here tonight, uh, where are you from? He said, you don't remember me, do you? I knew this person in fifth grade. I also know the lifestyle that he lived. You hear my story and think, man, he must have been bad. This guy was triple that easy, easy, easy on every front, everything. And I looked at him, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, and I called him by name, and he just smiled. I'm telling you, he wasn't more than about two years older than I was, but he looked 20 years older. Sin will take you farther. You want to go. Sin not going to release you. It's like getting on a roller coaster, which I don't like, but getting on a roller why I don't get on it. I stay away from stuff. My wife's a sucker for sin and stuff like that. Anyway, you pay for that ride. I don't care how sick you get. I don't care if your wallet falls out and your glasses fall off. They're not stopping it for you. You paid to get on there because you thought it was going to be fun because you heard other people scream and yell, oh boy, think I'll do it again. You said, oh, me too. And you thought, oh, please stop, please stop. They act like they didn't even hear you, right? And you finally got off. You're all flush. You got puke all down the front of you. Your hair's all messed up. You lost most of your money. And you walk off there and go, man, man, that was a lot of fun. I don't know why people put themselves through stuff like that. I know when this happens, when people tell me, well, preacher, we just think this is right and this is what we're going to do. I don't want it, but I know loss injury, and other things are headed here. I just know that. How do I know that? Because of God's word. You see, oh, how they've changed. When they come back, you look at them. You look at them when they come back. You think it's tough now. You go out and sin for a few years and then try to come back again. I'm telling you, that world will beat the snot out of you. And by the time it's all over with, you'll look with a, with a hard face. Now, your heart may be tender again because of the Lord. But what happens right here? You can't hide in the eyes, in the face. It's like a person staying in shape and you're 60. You still got this. There's nothing you can do about it. 
You think you got it all hits in the eyes. Those crow feet are getting deeper all the time, kid. It's just the way that it is. Another example, Adam and Eve. Remember in the garden? You remember when they had a garden? Eve did what she thought would be good. Well, she didn't do it because she thought it was bad. She didn't do it because she said, that's sinful. She did it because she thought it was right. The devil didn't say, disobey God. Man, you're going to enjoy this if you just. He didn't do that. Neither did he say, you really need to start following me because I, I think this is what you're going to do. He simply talked her into doing what was right to do, the way she thought it was right to do. Doing what she thought was right plunged all of humanity. Look at the mess that that created because she did what she thought was right. God had already told them, you don't mess with that. Well, how was she supposed God already told them, you don't mess with that. Well, she didn't know all this was going to happen. God had already told them, don't go to Moab. Okay, stay up with me. I'm not talking about Adam and Eve now. Okay, I'm going to jump back to the historic, okay? Listen to me carefully. Multitudes of people will end up in hell making up their own minds about salvation. The Bible said God commanded all men everywhere to repent. He commands it. He commands it. This is what God said. God said, this is what's right. I want everybody to repent and go to heaven. So why are so many people tripping over? Because they're, they're going to do what they think is right about this way. I'll earn my way. Well, if this isn't good enough, then it's God's fault. Everybody's doing what is right in their own eyes, and it's not working at all. The fact is we do not have a right to marry who we want to and that we think is right. That shocks you, doesn't it? You don't have a right. You have a choice, but you don't have a right. If you're a born-again Christian, you only have a right to marry the way God said it. I'm not asking those of us that didn't do what God said, how it kind of turned out for us. I'm not talking about, well, I tell people, I got my wife got married when she was 16. They go, oh, well, it turned out right. Well, came that close to not turning out right. A lot of us did what we thought was right. And it brought about a lot of hurt and a lot of baggage back there. Amen. I know it did. The fact is we do not have a right to attend the church that we believe is right. The fact is we do not have a right to raise our children the way we believe is right that they should go. The fact is we do not have a right to move to the location we believe is best for us. The fact is we give... Oh, we do not have a right to give the way that we think we ought to be given. I'm going to show you something. I don't have my wallet again. Somebody give me a wallet with money in it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, he even advertises. Look at there. Um, where'd you get a 20, man? Or is that just a piece of paper? Okay, it's not real. On the back side of there, it's a $2 bill. No, it's a, listen to me carefully here. When you come to church, if you just do this, I get, where's your heart in that? The Bible tells us we're supposed to serve the Lord thy God with all thy, first thing he mentions, all your heart. Everything you do, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, all of it, all of it. So when I give, my heart's supposed to be in that. I don't give according to what I think is right. I give according to what he thinks is right. To show my love, I give offering. He doesn't tell me what to give, but he tells me to give an offering, and that shows my love for the Lord. So if you're just tithing, giving a tenth, you haven't, first of all, you haven't given anything. The tithe is the Lord's. The offering is where God said, okay, you have 90%. Well, what are you going to do with that? Well, that's my money. What happened to the offering? Well, I think, see, there we go again. 
This is the things that we're trying to do. So what happens is what you should be doing is praying about this. And by the way, when are you going to start increasing after God increases with you? I love to hear you guys and girls bragging about your job and how much you're making and the increase you're getting. I love that. I really do. I think it's right. I think God said he would bless. It's going to be short-lived if you don't start doing what's right with your money and your material things. So that's what God wants us to do. I don't have a right to give the way I want to give. You can reason all you want to, and you can argue all you want to. I'm not fussing with you. I'm not the one that told you to tithe. God did that. I'm not the one that told you that giving an offering was right. God said that. I don't have a right to tell you what I think is right. You don't have a right to do what you think is right. You don't. You absolutely should not do what the devil thinks is right. So who is right and what is right? That's what we're trying to establish. The Bible said every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The Bible said there is a way that seemeth right. But I just thought it seemed right to me. How often have I heard that? It just seems right to me, Coach. So I've concluded I cannot decide what is right. Number two, I think what I'll do then, I'll select a man to decide for me. be thinking of preacher right now. It did not work out when I decided what was right for me, so I'm going to select a man and let him tell me what is right so I can do right. Think about what I just said. It didn't work out for me deciding. I see that over and over again, and I tried it a couple times. It did not work. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to select a man who's going to tell me what is right, and I'll just do that. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to give him a pointed dunce cap. I'm going to give him a fancy robe to put on. I think also I'm going to give him an impressive supreme title. Is that good? I'm not sure what that is yet. I'm going to put him in a castle and put him on a throne. I'm going to let him be the head of a religious empire. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let him speak ex cathedra in place of God. That's impressive. I will let him have power to make laws that I should follow. If you haven't caught on yet, I'm talking about Catholics. I will let him decide what is right. And if it seems right to him, then I will consider that that's the right thing I should do. Because I, I, I don't always know what's right and wrong. So I'll choose a man who seems to know right and wrong. And when he tells me what's right and wrong, I'll just simply follow him. Joseph Smith, if you ever run into a Mormon, don't talk to those people. I'll tell you why. Not all Mormons know what they're talking about. Less Baptists know what they're talking about. The Bible even says, for those of you that are doing this, listen to me very carefully. The Bible says that you do not even wish them Godspeed. Hey, you have a good day. I hope things work out for you. Why did you say that? The Bible said when you do that, you become partaker of their evil deeds. Yeah, but I think, see, they go with the right thing again, the way you think. You have to be careful about that. Joseph Smith, that's a man telling a lot of other people what he believes is right and wrong. Mary Baker Eddy, Christian science. A woman started this thing. Now there are millions of people that follow this. I mean, just millions of them following this. And they have decided over all these decades to tell other people what they believe is right and wrong. And they should follow that. And they do just like the Catholics do. 
The same thing with Ali, the prophet of God. I said that on purpose. I know the prophet Branch is. I said it on purpose. He is the prophet of Muhammad. Is that correct? Or is it just the other way around? Okay. What happens here is this. In other words, he's God. We'll listen to him. He will tell us what we should and shouldn't do. They don't follow the Bible. Seventh-day Adventists don't preach the Bible. Catholics don't preach the Bible. Church of Christ don't preach the Bible. Thing is, we don't know enough about the fundamental things to lock in on to know what they're saying. It's what worries me to death when you go to a bookstore somewhere or go online and start read, reading religious stuff. Oh, preacher, I was online the other day and I went to this website and that website. And this, boy, I learned so much and I just want to shake you. You know, no place in the Bible does it say you have multiple pastors. But, it, but it's so easy now. I can check up on the preacher and I can tell him and argue with him about things that I found versus what he said. You know, when I look at you, God goes, huh, how about that? You know what I just did? I'm paying him. There is more knowledge out there than you know what to do with. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that what got Eve in trouble? She didn't listen to God and God's man for her. She decided for herself by listening to somebody on the radio or TV, if you would. Didn't shop her a whole lot. So I, 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 I can't decide for me. I'm going to let another man decide for me. So first of all, if I follow what I believe is right, it will not be right. If I put another man there and said, you tell me what's right and I'll follow that, that can't be right either. There's no way in the world. No church, no board, no staff, no vote, no body, no elder, no, no, no charter members, no church fathers, etc. has a right to decide what is right and impose their right, their right, not this right, their right upon you. Nobody does that. Nobody has that right but God. They have flesh just like we do. They are finite, just like we are. They are sinful human beings, just like we are. It's no different than in the Bible when they said they took a piece of wood or a piece of stone and carved it out and set it up and then bowed down to it. It has ears, but it can't hear. The same thing with these people. If they're not saved, they don't know the first thing about God. I don't care how eloquent they are. You have to understand that. So here's my conclusion. Only someone who knows absolute right and who he himself has always been absolute right, has a right to tell me what is right. Let me say it again. Only someone who knows absolute right, and has he himself always been absolute right, has a right to tell me what is right. And that would be Jesus Christ. That would be this book right here. So, he's the only perfect one who can tell us imperfect people the transference of truth to us and why it's right from a righteous individual. Now that sounds so simple, doesn't it? Preach, that sounds pretty simple. Is it that simple? He does not speak all of it. Now here's the problem that we have. Ready? We say, okay, Jesus is right and the Bible is right. But Jesus doesn't speak audibly to anybody. But sorry, charismatic person. He doesn't. Jesus didn't come one night and tell you something that's not in the Bible. It's just for you and him so you can tell other people. That is a man telling you what he believes is right. God doesn't. This is the finished revelation of God right here. Okay. 
doesn't speak audibly. I've never seen him. He does not come to me in dreams, visions, and does not, I have not been touched by an angel. God is in heaven, and I know he's right, but he's way up there, and I'm way down here. Now what am I going to do? Well, Jesus walked upon this earth 2,000 years ago, and I know he's right, but he's no longer on this earth to tell me what's right and wrong. And I'm very much aware that the Holy Ghost of God actually dwells inside of me. I understand all that. Now he's down here and indwells every saved believer, and I know he'll lead me and guide me in all ways of truth and righteousness, but... I may misunderstand his leading. I may actually misinterpret him speaking to me through my spirit. Very easy to do, very possible. I may end up saying, well, I believe he wants when he didn't say that to me at all. Because you see, my wants overlaps his sometimes. I may think I have word of knowledge and make something up. I want to. You do not need, look at me, you do not need a word of knowledge when you have all the words of knowledge. Amen. I have a word of knowledge. Maybe that's nothing. I have the words of knowledge. See, we're so afraid of charismatic people because they talk in place of God. Nobody talks in place of God. I don't talk in place of God. I tell you what God said, and that's up to you. You don't have to answer to me for those kinds of things. So what happens here? So I know God is right, but he's in heaven. Okay, we, we good on that? Jesus has earned the right to tell me what is right, but he's not here either. The Holy Spirit is here and in you and knows what's right and wants us to do right, but because of my human sinful nature, I may misunderstand his leading. You understand? So who is right? is right the words of God okay follow me coming to a conclusion here ready it does not matter how logical you sound what argument you may present nor how right you seem to be even if you tack on well I just believe the Holy Spirit is leading me to somebody asked a woman the other day when the first time you, you thought uh, God calling you to preach. Oh, I knew it because he spoke to me. Ma'am, I hate to break your bubble. I really do. But the fact of the matter is, that's against the Bible. I don't care how you feel about it. Or you tacking on, the Holy Spirit of God led me to do that. No, he did not. That goes against all kinds of scripture in the Bible. But well, I just believe. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Do you understand? There are people talking in place of God all the time. The Bible even says in the last days, men shall come to this earth saying, I'm the Christ. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. If the Holy Spirit's book, that's what this is, does not back up what's, and verify what somebody has said, it's a lie. Let God be true and every man a liar. So, by the way, that means you too. Well, I just believe. I'm sorry, if it goes against the Bible, okay, you say, what well, doesn't say or command me, I can. You want to live that shallow, that's up to you. But how in the world are you ever going to prove what is that perfect except on this book? Good except on perfect word of God. Till you yield yourself to what God wants, you're never going to understand much past commandments of God. 
But when you go to John 7, 17, he says, when your desire, when your will becomes his will, you shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or not. We got a lot of people running around, banging their head in a wall, running around like a chicken with their legs cut off, have no idea what God wants. So they're making stuff up. Well, I just believe it's right. Why? I just always have. No, you haven't. There was a time when you were a little baby and didn't know anything. You started formulating what, and most of the time it's because you want to do something that you want to do. So I just believe this is right. So what happens here is this. We know it's right. We know the Bible's right. We, we, we know that it's right to not steal. How do we know that? Because God's word says it's right. God says, no, it's wrong. You cannot do those kinds of things. We know it's right to not lie. You're not allowed to lie. It's against the Bible. How do we know that? God said Makes it simple, doesn't it? How do we know that's right? God said it. It's in the Bible. God said it. That's his word. He said no. I make it simple? So now it's not up to your opinion. God said he doesn't want that. To commit adultery. It's not right. By the way, living together is still adultery. I don't care whether you consider yourself being married or not. That's not Bible. Well, I believe. I, it's a, I, I know this doesn't sound right. I really don't care what you believe. The only thing that's going to matter is what does God's word say? And if God calls it adultery, that settles the whole thing. I don't care how lonely you are. I don't care how broke you are. I don't care if it takes two finances to make ends meet anymore. That's why we live together. It's sin and it's adultery. And God said it's not. What's the next word? Right. Giving tithes and offerings. We, we know it's right to give tithes and offerings. You sit here and squirm every time I bring it up. There he goes again. Why does it bother you? God talks about it. Why? Well, I just don't think. There you go again. You don't think it's right. We know it's right to obey God's given authority. That'd be your parents. That'd be the preacher. That'd be the police officer. Those are, in the Bible, called ministers of God. God gave them the title minister. They're administering, supposed to, the things of God. You say, well, I don't think that. There you go again, thinking what's right and wrong. Gets us in a whole lot of trouble. You're supposed to obey. The Bible talks about this. We know it's right to follow the pastor God gave you. I got a friend that lives in New Jersey. He's been pastoring. I'm going to ask him. We were good friends in college. That's it, huh? So basically, somebody said one time, preacher, so far you haven't crossed my path. Hold your breath. I'll visit you here in a little bit. Why? I have to. There's no way you're that perfect. No way in the world. I don't care if you grew up at First Baptist or down in Longview. It doesn't make any difference to me at all. You're not that perfect. I'm not that perfect. And sooner or later, I'm going to hit on something. You're going to go, I just don't think that's right. When God was writing the Bible, don't take this wrong. He didn't ask you what you thought was right. God is right. Right? God tells us what's right, right? You say you really want to do what's right, right? And that's the path we have to follow. To assemble in church, we know that's right. God said, and by the way, God said, and the much more. As you see the end of pro, you should be in church the much more. Look at all these empty seats. Hi, folks, we actually have people here, but nobody wants to sit down here. And there's a reason for that. Yes. We know it's right in the Bible for wives to submit to their husbands. 
Oh, preacher, you're not going. I don't care, ma'am. Listen to me carefully. I, it doesn't make a bit of difference what you've been trained by this world. I'm sorry that every man you decided to hang around with treated you wrong. I'm sorry for that. I am desperately sorry. That is not a good man. But it doesn't give you a right to break right with God because somebody else broke right with God. We know it's right for husbands to love their wives and not be bitter towards them. God said that's what's right. Well, I think, don't, I don't. This is why I don't let people make up their own vows during a wedding. So don't, don't come to me and say, hey, can we do it? No, we can't. Nope. Nope. That's my job. I'm going to tell you how to treat one another whether you remember it or not. The big problem people have is many would rather have some spooky, you never really know relationship with God while their Bible collects dust, lies unused, unsearched, unstudied and untrusted. God came to me in a dream last night. Wow. Yeah. What did you eat before you went to bed? He said, no, I think it's really true. I understand. Yeah. You know what that means, right? Okay. When I look at you and go, I understand, God, okay, come on, preacher, don't say that. It is no wonder People are not going, people are not doing what is right. And their Bible is just a book of good suggestions. Well, not for me, Scotch. And not for you, it shouldn't. Because that same book is what brought salvation into your life and told you about it. So if other things can be wrong, what if that's wrong? Their Bible is just a book of good suggestions. No, it's not. It's the living word of God. The living word of God. Man wrote that book. You still can't be that ignorant, can you? That's one thing you're right on. You just don't understand it. Men did write that book. But they didn't author the book. Any more than my pen decides what to write what I put on the bottom. I tell it to write. It just happened to be the instrument that I use. Christ, the Bible says, is the written word. He is the word of God. One of his titles is The Word. So when you pick up this book, you're not just, ah, it's just a book, it's got a lot of writing in there, some cool stories, though, I like that. Let's see, I disagree, I think this is right. No, I, I can't go along with that. Where do we get off doing stuff like that? And here's what the devil said to me all the time. I think you have the right to do that. You, you went to college, you're a pretty smart kid. Oh, you read lots of books. I mean, you go online, you know lots of facts. You know what's right. Come on, don't let that preacher keep talking about that. First of all, I don't talk about that. Get in your Bible, the Word of God, and quit deciding what you believe for you. It is not right. It's not going to work. Quit trusting others for what is right. You have the author of this book living right inside of you. The day you got saved, he came in there and made you alive and said, I'll never leave you. I am indwelling you until the day God calls you home. You have the person who inspired this book living right inside of you. You have the word of God. Study it. Learn it. Obey it. That's the big payoff. So who is right? God alone. What is right? God's words alone. Let's pray. Father.